Our special guest today is actor Sean Clear from Odd Mom Out, among many other things. He's been in The Affair, Madam Secretary, uh, Happy-ish. Um, most clap? recently, it is... All right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But most recently, Odd Mom Out, which is, you know, finished oh, their... An uh, awesome show. Yeah, it's a very funny show that finished its first season this past Monday. So... Uh, welcome, Sean. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you having me, and I am honored to be the first guest on the show. Now, is the first Dreams guest... Dreams are coming true. I hope Eric told you about <laughs> the buy-in. Oh, <laughs> right. Right, right, right. So a percentage of next season's proceeds, if we have a second season of Odd Mom Out, yeah. will go to you guys. Great. Yes. Perfect. Got I'm it. glad you explained right. to Eric. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and I've true. signed in blood. Perfect. <laughs> That's... Yeah, blood's the only signature we that's, take. That's the only, uh, yeah. No ink. Um, can we talk about how you guys know each other? Oh, yeah. Right, Let's that. hear it. Let's do it. You left that out of the intro. Okay, yes. Uh, I met Sean in my acting class. Uh, the acting teacher is James Vilmer. Shout He's, out. Shout out to James Vilmer. <laughs> he still does an acting class, so if for some reason, you know, uh, you're is it a good acting one? class? Oh, yeah. oh, obviously. It's a solid acting it's class. Solid yeah. Acting class. yeah, he's a good guy. Eric he's a good and Sean have come out of it. Come yeah. on. Come on. Yeah. Um, so, success, does, two success stories yeah. sitting across and, from and, us. And he does uh, coaching too. Like if you have an audition that you want coaching on. Just private coaching. Too. Private yeah. coaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did an actual showcase together. We were not in the same Wait, scene. We, we weren't about... in the same scene, no, but, but... we were in the same showcase. We were. Details, yeah. please. Were these monologues? Were these no. two-person scenes? <laughs> they were scenes. Dramatic sketches, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Comedic comedies? scenes, yeah. to High Energy Listening, we're a comedic podcast uh, where we talk about uh, some hot and hot topics. Hot topic issues. Uh, and, uh, and this week, we have a guest. And going forward, we're going to have a guest. Finally, at long last. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Eric take over because he brought our guest on. Okay. Uh, our special guest today is actor Sean Clear from Odd Mom Out among many other things. He's been in The Affair, Madam Secretary, uh, Happy-ish. Um, most clap? recently, it is... All right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But most recently, Odd Mom Out, which is, you know, finished oh, their... An uh, awesome show. Yeah, it's a very funny show that finished its first season this past Monday. So, uh, welcome, Sean. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you having me, and I am honored to be the first guest on the show. Now, is the first Dreams guest... are coming true. I hope Eric told you about <laughs> the buy-in. Oh, oh right. Right, right, right. So a percentage of next season's proceeds, if we have a second season of Odd Mom Out, yeah. will go to you guys. Great, yes. perfect. Got I'm it. glad you explained right. it, Eric. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've signed in blood. Perfect. <laughs> that's, yeah, blood's the only signature we that's, take. That's the only... Uh, yeah. 
No ink. Um, can we talk about how you guys know each other? Oh, yeah. Right. Let's yeah. hear Let's do it. You left that out of the intro. Okay, yes. Uh, I met Sean in my acting class. Uh, the acting teacher is James Vilmer. Shout He's, out. Shout out to James Vilmer. <laughs> he still does an acting class, so if for some reason, you know, uh, you're is it a good acting one? class? Oh, yeah. oh, obviously. It's a solid acting it's class. Solid yeah. Obviously. Yeah, he's a good guy. Eric and Sean have come out of it. Come yeah. on. Come on. Yeah. Um, so, success, does, two success stories yeah. sitting across and, from and, us. And he does uh, coaching, too. Like, if you have an audition that you want coaching on. Just private coaching. Private yeah. coaching. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did an actual showcase together. We were not in the same Wait, scene. We, we weren't in the same scene, no, well, but we were in the same showcase. We were. Details, yeah. Please. Were these monologues? Were these no. two person scenes? <laughs> they were scenes. They were scenes. Sketches, yeah. Yeah. Or comedy scenes, yeah. From what? Written by him. By our acting coach. Yeah. In, oh, in a sense, sketches. yeah, we were. We, he would just his write. Correct. He just would use his acting class to see if his writing was any good. <laughs> anyway, were these sketches? It was. They were fun. Yeah, they were all funny. They were all funny. Yeah. Can I? Um, do you remember specific details like what you guys? Sure. What the sketches were? And what yeah, actually, I do remember. Were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I played on one occasion a man who was uh, convinced everyone was missing out on the phenomena that is lambskin condoms yeah that's right and yeah and how if you if you haven't tried lambskin condom apparently uh you're missing out i did actually after that try to purchase a lambskin condom because i was i was curious and then they're like they're like 15 dollars for two and i thought Ah, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Wait, you didn't do it just for research, though? Because I no. think it could be tax deductible. But yeah, <laughs> it actually so could wait, have been. Is it made of, it's really made of lamb skin. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Actually, anything that's encased in skin is has variable contents. It's like okay. a hot dog is not actually anything you might think it is. So who knows? It could be anything. Uh, wait, I think I lamb know. skin condoms, aren't they made out of intestine? Yeah, yeah. So that's actually not skin. That's lamb innard condoms which doesn't have the same ring to it but you know we should talk to their marketing well, wasn't people. the whole punchline that like they're not really protection or something is that what it is i don't really <laughs> remember it's like yeah you're trying to tell a co-worker i was telling a co-worker how good lambs get yeah how they're like the great the greatest things yeah, ever yeah. Uh, but i think no i think they still have a use like it's okay. not just like people will wear a lambskin condom <laughs> Because, yes, we have a question here. <laughs> yes, I know the answer to this. What? Which is that lambskin condoms uh, stop, the, the permeability on them will stop sperm from going through, but they will not stop uh, the virus that causes HIV. Ooh. Oh. Wow. Oh. That's intense. very good. Wait, but okay. the latex ones will? Yes. Okay. Both. <laughs> Got it. Well, the first question, though, is why does Sarah know that? <laughs> okay. Which I think is worth exploring. I learned this in sixth grade math. Okay. Math uh, class. In math class, right. I had a terrible, terrible math teacher in sixth grade. It was right before I got pulled out of public school and placed in a Catholic school. They, this guy yelled a, a lot about AIDS. Uh, yelled. And yes. Yelling there was class. often yelling. There was wow. often yelling. We received in, a lot of information. Wow. And also I learned facts like um, a burger and fries, when you eat them together, it's part of the American food complex. Really? That they can't be digested at the same time. And that's why you feel so full. That's Wait, what? That, yeah, why so that can't, might, this that fact might not insane. be true then about lambskin condoms, guys. <laughs> well, I'm going to take it as fact because it's still more sex ed than I was <laughs> yes, ever taught and, in Kentucky. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yes. Oh right! And it's a yeah. teacher too, so obviously they were telling the truth. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So, the young minds. The young actually, minds. actually, no, he didn't teach us that. He was telling us that all condoms let AIDS through. And then what? I think somebody else clarified. No, I think somebody... <laughs> Sixth grade student. I think eventually when somebody... He knew. Our math teacher is letting things go all awry. We need to get some sex ed into these sixth graders before wow. they all just have wow. sex without condoms because why the heck not? Wow. That's why you teach abstinence. Just teach abstinence. Yeah, it works. Can you tell us about Kentucky? abstinence No, education? I'm kidding. I, I rough on Kentucky. I fortunately am from a school that had wonderful sexual education. <laughs> okay. And I have been very healthy since, with a few minor exceptions. And, uh, Let's talk about but that. aside from that, <laughs> aside from that, Kentucky in general has a bad rap, and it's worth ripping on a little bit. We're the home of the Creationism Museum, Whoa. which is really interesting. Wow. It's a very loose wow. interpretation of the word museum. Like, I think if you look in. Is it, is it one real? No, it's surprisingly many rooms of made up content. It's the complete and unabridged history of everything that never happened, which is which is amazing, just concept for a museum. So that if you go on (laughs) family event, but 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 when you went down for the holidays or something i was just like i'd like to learn something like, let me just stop in i'd like to confuse all the good knowledge i have with with unsourced knowledge they have a free day on christmas eve and that's the only time my family could be like uh we can stomach this let's go so we went and it was it's a absolute riot it's wow. the funniest in most backwards place in the world it's really great so wait what does the creation museum think of then christmas so there's probably obviously not santa there it's like jesus only they didn't i didn't see anything about christmas necessarily because i think that uh they are so confused about what is mythology what is real and what might be uh just like magic that they probably don't want to even traverse the christmas territory they're like we can't come up with a scientific explanation (laughs) for santa let's just let that be myth let's just let that be folklore but Um, they will say that, for example, Noah uh, brought baby dinosaurs onto the ark, and that's yeah. how the dinosaurs got the there. That's a, yeah, that's uh, what they teach. Are there that's baby dinosaurs on display? Yeah, little, little tiny, like, it's kind. amazing. It's, yeah, two baby dinosaurs. Two baby dinosaurs. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that must have been <clears> just a rough, a rough journey. A rough boat. For him, yeah. Because yeah. well, could the baby dinosaurs have eaten the other animals? They could have. Especially no. the T-Rex. They were early cages. Well, go to the uh, museum, and you'll I see would, that they had cages. I, there was even a really pragmatic system for taking care of animal feces and droppings it's actually there you can actually learn about was that very detailed beetles? no uh there was like a uh, little the cages had like a, a graded floor uh-huh. and you wow. could pull the tray out underneath that the floor oh that's kind of like like a, yeah. like a bunny cage yeah it's like a rabbit cage mini t-rex with tons of animals was... yeah if okay. he brought two of every animals what did he feed the animals who ate other animals Unicorns. Did, I don't know. Unicorns. Or did they just that's why they're all... right, good. <laughs> that's why there's no unicorn. That's why right. there's no unicorn. But unicorn meat can be divided to feed to feed a multitude of people forever and ever. True. Like the fishes well, and the loaves. Did mm-hmm. they get into the nitty gritty of what they fed them and the feeding schedule? So by that point in my tour, I feel like I my eyes glazed over, <laughs> and I started yeah. to like uh, I started to like. Had these really intense migraines, and yeah, and I was I was crying tears of pain for humanity, and so I didn't read the plaques uh, from a certain point forward. Though I'm sure that is explained. The one thing I did do was jump into the Adam and Eve exhibit to see if they had genitals. 
which they didn't behind the leaves yeah they're just big barbie dolls yeah yeah and i almost got kicked out of the museum but it was so worth it the thing is they probably knew some kid would look for genitals and they didn't want to offend a good christian kid by showing him uh fake genitals what if what if instead they just gave adam and eve huge bushes so like under their leaves like they were just like full full yeah because then they knew wall street (laughs) (laughs) that would have been pretty good yeah they should have done that consult the museum i mean all in all that would be one of the least ridiculous things (laughs) at the museum 15 feet from adam and eve was a uh like velociraptor of sorts wow and then on the other side was a like a wild boar because they all lived together and there's this like wild boar i don't know why they picked those two animals but the wild boar had this like uh mo from the three stooges bowl cut Whoa. It was like bangs like covering half of its eyes. It was like very cartoonish and weird, that but that's weird. it stands out. Very yeah. strange. Very strange. I derailed us with this conversation. Uh, this is pretty much where our podcast goes. I love my home state. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I course. love my home yeah. state, but um, there's a faction that uh, doesn't understand how the world works. Sure. Now, are you prepping for the end of the world? Uh, well, 2012 came and that's really when I woke up. You know, okay. because um, I realized that God had lied to me my whole life. Right. And I just decided that, um, you know, I maybe actually want to live for a little bit longer than 2012. So in 2017, yeah, it's all going to end. Yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, that, cool. is that the new thing, 2017? No, I just made that up. But they got... Well, you heard <laughs> it first. <laughs> you heard it first. Yes. The world is ending in 2017. Yeah. Which is, I mean, depending what date, two years from now, less than two years. Do you have an exact date? Uh... Seven seventeen seventeen. Well, doesn't have to have my like doesn't is have July to be. 10, so I'll just squeeze in one last birthday right before the end. <laughs> right. You know, you, you should drink so, to have a hangover for days because then I'll you can just... go to the end of days. I have a friend whose uh, parents were convinced that the end of the world was going to be uh, the twelfth of December two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they're extremely religious, extremely Christian in a, obviously a fanatical sort of way, even though he's a lovely guy and they're lovely people, mm-hmm. uh, but, and he's set since separated from that system. But he told me how bizarre it was for that day to come. And with complete conviction, mm-hmm. their family hunkered down and was like prepared for it. He, of course, was like, this is, this is crazy. But when you grow up in that you know, it's kind of hard to separate yourself from the ideology. Wow. And, and of course, the day came and went. And, came and went. his mom had like a complete breakdown. Well, Her I was life gonna was going to say, like, changed. did any like weird confessions come out or any weird interactions thinking that, oh, it's it. like, just let everything all <laughs> out? Yeah. Yikes. Like, knowing, yeah. thinking it was the end, like, did anything get that real, time, I, real uncomfortable find... and awkward? I accidentally ran over the cat in the driveway. It was me. It was me. I've been lying the whole time. I've been lying the whole time. Honestly, why not? Why wouldn't they? But I don't understand why they weren't, you know, all just having like raucous sex or something. Like have some fun before you go. But then again, they're Christian. So I think they were just ready. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can tell how Christian, Um, not Christian I am. Do you know, did they have like specific thoughts about how the world was going to end that day like did they think they were going to be like, ascended that day or did they think it was going to like dissolve do you know if they had meteor. a specific i'm not sure i think they thought mass catastrophe and okay. and uh mass disruption and then i assume you know traditional stories of like armageddon that involve the the chosen ascending but i don't we didn't get into too many details about that guys i had a thought you know everybody's talking about zombie apocalypse 
Yeah. For a while, oh, sure. everybody was like, you're sure. going to be my zombie apocalypse survival team. Okay. Mm-hmm. My thought of preparation for the zombie apocalypse is um, get some... Gosh, I sound like such a druggie today. But was to get some ecstasy and take ecstasy and then just run into the zombie horde. Because the scene seems to be like in zombie apocalypse, most everybody dies. Yes. So if I'm going to die, I might as well like really enjoy it. Like enjoy the dying and then become a zombie. Will you enjoy it though? Like, I think if you're on if, ecstasy? if you're high enough, then, I mean they're yeah. actually they're eating all of your flesh. Are you really? She makes a valid point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they are they eating your flesh, all of your flesh. I mean, as much as that, as long as they're hungry, and I don't presume zombies get full. Is it because like in the shows, it's like you get like one tiny bite by a zombie, and then you're a zombie? But no, but if you get the that's the big hole in zombie plots. Well, because like, it's supposed to be a virus. Well, right? think about it. The like, virus makes them. If a zombie, if a zombie, if a zombie, <laughs> if a zombie eats you, yeah. how are you going to turn into a zombie? So eventually, zombies run out of food source because they don't eat each other. Right. So how do more zombies happen? You get bit, you turn into a zombie, or you get bit. You if you get beat, you're going to get eaten. It's not like they're like, I'll have one bite. You were fine. Enjoy zombiehood. They eat the whole of you, right? So yeah. the so zombie I, thing's unsustainable. Valid point. Like shakers. Valid yeah. point. I think yeah. it's like if they ever bit you when you got away. I think that's how you turn uh, into a zombie. But how many how did many people turn into zombies then? Like everybody is yeah, a right. zombie. Right. There's like there's so millions many. of zombies. Yeah. The Walking Dead, yes. There's like a Well, like sea that of one zombies. little girl like got bit and then they found her like roaming around with the zombies. Yeah. <gasps> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert from like season one or two. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I was on girl, season two! That little girl was and I wanted to know what happened she's to the little girl! Not, she's lost! They think yeah, they're she looking lost. for they her. Find her. Damn it! In the shed. Damn it! They put her in the shed with the other zombies. Uh, <laughs> wait, I got to the part where they were in. They found evidence of her in a cabin. They were like, "We're close." Well, and then I didn't get any farther. Oh, yeah, she's zombie. Spoiler alert. Oh, Does the sorry. mom find out? You know what? That's that's beside I mean, the point. I mean, they all find out. Besides the point. They the all point. find out. But actually, if we want to get back. To the, uh, <laughs> back to like Wait, a traditional interview. Yeah. Uh-huh, and uh-huh, Eric was uh-huh. in a different one. A different and sketch. you each yeah. only in one sketch. Do you want to um, elaborate on my your sketch? Sketcher? Was the partner? Uh, he was like talking about like some girls. We were supposed to be at a party, and some girls looking at him at the party. Do you remember that one? Yeah, and, like vaguely. He's saying something and... about a white wine spritzer. Like he drinks oh, wine those... spritzers. Oh yeah. But no, but then I was ridiculing him for having it. But I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember what the punchline for it was. It was, a, was. Like, yeah. it was a immasculine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of. I beg to differ, yeah. but go on. <laughs> I think any. I think Meg is super macho, guys. Meg knows macho drinks when it comes to mm-hmm. it. Oh, I just think. Drink what you like. You're right. I agree. <laughs> it's a delicious drink. Um, yeah. So the punchline was that it was a girly drink. But no, no, there was more to it than that. I can't remember it though. It um, was something like that. It's it, like yeah. I cannot. Remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't of, remember. And then also, it was just kind of like do you remember that. Remember that too? I, I think I had like a weird. Maybe it was near like like St. Patrick's Day. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Yeah. And like I had like a weird because like. He he wrote this one sketch where we're all at the party and there was like 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 awkward. It was like, like the wrap up sketch. Yeah, yeah. And there was like silence in parts of it and not scripted stuff. So I like I came into the party and made some weird comment about like uh, I love this 
time of year because of Shamrock McFlurries or something, but it got a laugh. Like the audience, I remember that. I I remember that. So like. You fully committed to that yes, line. That's why it was it. funny because and otherwise yes, no one yes. would have believed yes, it. Yes, and everyone like laughed. It required laugh. full commitment. Yes, full commitment. It got a laugh. Okay. But um, but yeah, as far as the punchline for that sketch, I do not remember what it was. Something about St. Patrick's Day and Sherlock Drake. Yeah, Jamesville Mayor, if you're listening to the podcast, please let bust us bust out the sketch. I know you have it. <laughs> please comment on the Facebook what the punchline was. He's my friend on Facebook. It can happen. I told him about the podcast. Well, before. yeah. So I think we've gotten both punchlines yeah. from your sketches. Yes. Were there any awkward, um, dramatic or comedic monologue moments? Some any people scene had study monologues. Some people had monologues. I don't. I remember everybody doing a great job. Yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun little showcase. Yeah, for sure. Really hot then or no? Yeah. Well, no. It was cold outside, but hot in the theater. That's what it was. Seasonably warm St. Patrick's Day. No, because of the heating, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, there was just like scorching. It was scorching in there. I remember that. It was fun. It was fun. It was a great time. Yeah, great time. Thank you, James. Thank you. I haven't seen that guy in forever. Miss him. Okay, I feel like Eric wants to take this. But, Take it from here. But, uh, you know, we should talk about, uh, let's talk about Odd Mom Out. Funny yes, show. Yeah. Bravo half hour comedy just wrapped up first season. Scripted. Um, it's stress scripted, and scripted yes, at the yes. start of every episode. Thank God. <laughs> oh, it's not, so it's not a reality show. I avoided reality. Yeah, just barely. barely. So that's not you. Actually, you're not actually super rich. I'm not actually super rich. Guys, let's go. I am just as much of a douche, unfortunately. Uh, Your character is kind of like, like a fun. How would you describe it? Like a fun. He's an archetypal douche, but the difference is he's magnanimous. He's like a happy douche. He's like so giving with his money. I mean, not in like a altruistic way, but more in. in that he very much delights in being rich and in being able to show that off. Which, which makes is him giving. Yeah, it's giving. And he has redeeming qualities for certain. Like hopefully he's a likable douche. Yes, I think hopefully. he is. And yeah. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> On the likability scale. I'd say he's very likable. I would say so too, yeah. Are you guys just saying that? No. No. You could be just saying that. No. You know, I'll be honest. I could be just saying that because there were some scenes. This is odd to say because you're sitting right here. <laughs> but there, 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 it was. I found him a likable douche. And then there was a scene where your brother, your brother or brother-in-law, brother. brother, comes in to talk to you, and you're like working out with your trainer. And I'm like, oh, look at that. This show really is made for ladies. Like you're just working out shirtless on the show. Like, oh, did Sarah just call you eye candy? <laughs> uh oh. Apropos Uh-oh. of nothing, just. <laughs> and I was like. Yeah, they really are working this angle. Um, so like you're a likable douche who's also in excellent shape. And it's like, oh, look at this. <laughs> look at this fantastic eye candy in the middle of this enjoyable character. Well, I don't think we mentioned, obviously for people, yeah, who have not seen it, uh, Sean plays Lex on the show. These monsters who haven't yeah. seen on my mouth. if you have not seen it and you have cable, Spoiler watch it on alert. demand. Watch it on demand. BravoTV.com. Yeah, BravoTV.com. Uh-huh. Hulu has it. Hulu has it. Yeah. Uh, well, do they have it yet? I think they're going to have it. Do it they have not it? on Hulu as of last week. Not, but yeah. they might have it on Hulu soon. I can't verify that yet, but they should. They should. And if you're uh, a New York working actor, you should be watching it because it shoots here in New York City. It does. And hopefully, we will be coming back for another season, though we don't know yet. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. We'll find out within a week. Exactly. Do you really? Oh, you find oh, out within, within a week? week? Within wow. the week, okay. yes. What um, was your shooting season last year? Uh, we were September through early December. 
Okay, last cool. season. Yeah. Cool. Can you? Because I mean, obviously, yeah. I, you know, we're actors, and other people who are actors listen to this too. Uh, can you explain the uh, audition process, or just you know, like how many people you had to audition Juicy for, deets. like for that? Because obviously, you know, that's a cast member on a show. You know, so I mean, it's probably a, a pretty involved process of auditioning for like the director the producer all that i can't even begin to explain how simple and easy and lucky it was (laughs) i really can't (laughs) i mean okay well explain i I don't i don't know why but i went in for the first audition it was that workout scene funny enough (laughs) yeah that was the that was the audition scene so i did the first one and i thought i did fine you know how you come out and you Sometimes you're like, I think I did well, but I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. And you can't really tell. Felt that way and I didn't hear for a month. And I had written it off, you know. Usually as soon as it's over, I write it off. Uh, But then they uh, called me back. Like a month had passed and they called me back. Anyhow, so I came back, second audition, same scene. They didn't give me additional material. Who was in the room? It was not just the casting director, but the two showrunners and Jill Kargman, who is the yep. lead in the show, mm-hmm. of course, um, and the um, some of Bravo's higher-ups uh, were a part of the casting room, too, I, as I recall, but I was so nervous, I don't even remember. And I came in, and I just did that scene again, and then they got they like kind of got in and grilled me a little bit. They were like, all right, can we see it this way? Can we see it that way? I must have done the scene five or six times. Do you feel like you were making what? substantial changes each time? Yeah, well, they, you know, not substantial. Because I feel like I always want to stick with, uh, you know, it depends on the direction. Like, I went, I really went for it the first time. They were like, all right, can we see something like, can you make them a little less douchey, a little friendlier? Mm-hmm. And no, so, yeah, say, like well, by how degrees. Did they tweak, like... <laughs> we had a joke in the audition room. I was like, like so if said. I'm a seven on the douche dial, where do you want him? Because he, he's a yeah. douche. And they were like, let's move them to a five and then i was okay. like right. so the next one i did a five and the next one they were like all the way to 10 have fun knock you know the socks okay. off of it. so it didn't feel like they wanted me to reinvent it they it just felt like they wanted me to to tweak and i really do want to show that i can do just a tick one way or the other rather than i'm at you know a 10 or i'm at a zero you always want to show something so different but i think it's really unique to show something um that is so catered to the note yeah. That they see the note being taken without thinking everything's completely changed. Sure. So I tried to do that. Sure. I guess, you know, maybe that was one of the few times I've been successful at it. Great. But then after that, I, another month went by and then I got the news. So it was two auditions. Wow. For a series time, regular right? that it was like already picked up. Yeah, there was no test. There was no, it was already picked it up the series. Okay. Wow. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah, like, amazing. how lucky, That's how amazing. lucky. Yeah. Really, really, That's really amazing. lucky. Yeah. So, um, you know. I'm I'm fortunate in a million ways, and that was just mm-hmm. another one of them. What was your uh, favorite episode to film in the series? Oh man, well the the last one. Um, no, this the has finale. spoilers. Oh, this I don't think spoilers. I've seen the last. Actually, I has either. it come out the last one? Ten. Ten is the last one. It was on I just Monday. Nine. Okay. It's, it's past Monday. That, well, no, I spoiled Walking Dead. I deserve it. You spoil it right <laughs> now. Spoiler alert. Well, I don't want to ruin it. No, it's okay. okay. But okay. other I'll people watch watching the epi- uh, listening to this episode, listening to this podcast, might not have seen the season. Fully so yet. I'm not going to. I won't spoil it, but I do get this nice. I'll just say it. I have a mullet in this episode. Oh, wow. I won't cool. say why. I think okay. that's a cliffhanger that make cool. people want to watch. Cool. 
and uh and there was just all kinds of room to improvise and uh we had some fun extending scenes and they kept it in and that that's makes me really happy oh so so they let you guys improvise a whole lot actually i remember the the first little bit of time i came in i was like very tentative because you you think with especially with half hour comedy it's all about getting the words right and that's really true in sitcoms and i think i wanted to do that but then i also had so many ideas so I, i would do a few takes by the book and then I'd try a few takes and go a little bit further, and each time nobody ever reprimanded me. So I just kind of felt like I had more license to go a little bit further and a little bit further. And by the end of the season, I felt like I could really play around, do whatever I wanted on any given take, and everybody was really open to that. It seemed like, you know, I'm sure that sometimes in the editing room they were like, God damn it. (laughs) But but it was, they were just those kinds of people. Like that was how wonderful the environment was to work in because they gave you such license and such freedom. It was great awesome yeah now do you do you come from a comedy background at all or i do yeah i did all stand-up and improv and sketch comedy for like the first four years i was in the city so acting came after that it was always something i did like in high school where did you study improv ucb oh okay yeah did ucb through their advanced study and um and then ran my own stand-up shows and whatnot and then that i started to get some tiny little acting opportunities and it occurred to me that I could move faster in that world than I could in comedy. Comedy yeah. is really, really difficult. And that's saying something because acting is really, really di- difficult. So, you know, this seemed just like it was might have been more available to me. Okay. How did you, can you talk about how you moved from doing comedy to where you are in acting now? I started, people would, when I did comedy, people would say you should, you should act too. Mm-hmm. And I always at first said, no, I don't want to do that because I wanted to be Jon Stewart so bad. I still do a lot of political stuff, but I... Don't like, give up that dream. Up. <laughs> well, he's Keep retiring now, right? So, yeah, no, good like, timing. You, you just want to say something with your work and you want those words to be yours, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what comedy offered me. But at the same time, I was decent. I was getting better and it did get me enough attention to be... Um, to start going out on, on auditions and whatnot. But it was... It just didn't feel like I was going to like blow up in that in any way, shape, or form. Were you working a day job at that point? Yeah, I was waiting tables and bartending and doing that whole gig, mm-hmm. um, which you know it's a grind. I started, I did a few comedy sketches. One of which was in a, a video where I gave Bill Pullman's Independence Day speech all over the city. I watched it. <laughs> did that you see that? On your reel. Yeah, 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 and it's just me uh, yeah. giving that speech in like. In the subway, yep. in a subway restaurant, in Victoria's yep. Secret, in Starbucks, yep. like all over on the Brooklyn Bridge. And that video got on HuffPo and went out a little bit. And oh, then an cool. agent reached out to me. Really? Yeah. Wow. Agent reached out to you. Wow. Which is crazy, an that assistant is- agent. And then we did another video. I sent it to, to him and he said, okay, well, let me just try to send you out. So in a stroke of luck, somebody happened to see that work and then happened to offer um, in another uh, stroke of luck, rather, I'm a man, I'm also white, and I'm straight, and I'm not terrible looking. And I think that, like, unfortunately in this industry, those things carry vastly more weight than um, how talented you are and a lot of other stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I've had a lot of luck. Okay. But that's it's kind of how it started, luck, yeah, sure. how but it started also transitioning. you've been working towards it. It's not as though yeah. you were bartending sure. and somebody came in and they said, how would you like to be an odd mom out? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a pretty good story. Uh, let's let's just go with that one. How bad would that piss everyone off? Right, I'll put that together. It's like with bartending. And that I odd mom out. 
<laughs> just cut it together. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. chop. It'll be really easy. Use the like yeah, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was really Natural. easy. It was one. easy. Yeah, right. Just <laughs> you said it already perfectly, so we'll just chop that bit. Good. Perfect. Done. Is there any thing upcoming you're working on film or stand-up or political humor related well some of our comedy is around the corner so my brother and i started a production company and we used to do a bunch of comedy just volunteer wise for this organization called represent.us represent us okay they're a non-partisan anti-corruption reform movement so money and politics campaign finance and lobbying revolving door McCutcheon and Citizens United decisions. And so last fall, we ran a candidate for Senate in Kentucky, which at the time was the most expensive Senate race in U.S. history, Mitch McConnell versus uh, Allison Lundergan Grimes. And we've made this fake candidate who was just honest. So instead of campaigning like a normal candidate, he'd be like, hey, I'm raising money because I that's like what you need to do to get elected. You're okay. all fucked, <laughs> you know, yeah, but yeah. Please, please, please vote, vote for me. For me. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, we just made like honest campaign commercials. Sure, sure. And it got a lot of uh, momentum. We raised $120,000. Shepard Ferry made a really? Obama Hope poster. He made a poster wow. with our candidate. And we got on wow. uh, Al Jazeera and Time.com USA Today. Wow. We were on Fox and Friends and the Today Show. And then we ran this candidate with a bus plastered with his face on it all over Kentucky and got wow. some decent press. So we've built a, a, we're cataloging a few commercials that we've just shot and we're going to run him for president. Uh, starting in uh, okay. September. Awesome. awesome. So to hopefully make a mockery of the system and all the cash that's flowing into it, especially this election cycle, it's going to be really grotesque. Okay. So that's around the corner for that's us. That's around the corner. Keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Yeah. How is that stuff going to be going up? How can we look for that? So that will be on, if you want to go to represent.us, that's the site of the organization that's got this really great plan to reform. A lot of organizations are trying to do this without much success but okay. they have a they have a and i don't know if this is boring it's all hell we don't have to get into it but they have a really great concrete plan you can go to that website or honest gill is the candidate okay uh honestgill.com is honest gill a real person he's an actor okay. uh actor by the name of frank ridley that we've done a bunch of stuff before and he's like this big gregarious senatorial looking man in his 50s uh he's perfect and okay. he's he's hilarious cool. to watch are you still doing stand-up i'm not I haven't done stand-up in a little bit. And it's, it's so funny because stand-up is like a muscle you have to keep working. Mm-hmm. If you're not out every night, not every night, but if you're not out doing it a lot before you've reached a certain level and you're just kind of a pro at it, you lose it. It just the muscle atrophies. And I haven't done it since November. Okay. Um, so I want to, when but you, I, when, yeah. When you were doing stand-up, did you actually have an agent booking you for stand-up or you had to set up all your other stuff? I was setting it all up. Okay. Yeah, it was, okay. it was, you know, nights and weekends at uh, bars and clubs okay. and wherever. And, you know, you're doing a lot of open mics. You meet a lot of people. You run a show. You trade spots sure. with them on their sure. shows and got a few club spots here and then. But I didn't, you know, breach that level where you have an agent plugging booking you in. You yeah, live, right. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And a lot of that stuff is also like with what, like, Gotham or some of the other ones that kind of like pay to play in a way. Yeah, they got like you know really difficult to bringers do. like bring five yeah. bringers. Yeah, I did some of those yeah. when I was first starting out. I did some of those, and it requires you to ask a lot of your friends, and it's like you just feel like you're hustling people that you care about yeah. to get your career started. It's an yeah. awful feeling, but there's the the way comedy clubs make money is. 
uh, it's not a very sustainable model and they're struggling right now because okay. stand-up is not extremely popular and also you can go to any like nice spot in Brooklyn and see an indie show yeah. that's just as oh, funny yeah. as the one where you have to buy two drinks yep. and the door admission and all that so yeah. have you ever been speaking of indie comedy this is kind of on the subject it was hilarious so it was a uh, thing called the Macaulay Culkin show it's like a comedy show once a month that is at uh, a venue called Shea Stadium in Williamsburg. Not, no way. Not, obviously, it's not Shea Stadium. But it's uh, <laughs> a Stadium little place called Shea no, Stadium. But, uh, but actually, no, I used to, because that venue has been there a long time. And I got like when Shea Stadium was around even. And so it was like confusing because it was like, I remember like, I was like playing in some bands and there was some band that was on the bill and it said Shea Stadium. I was like, what? I was like, how did this band get to play Shea Stadium? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's how awesome. Hell, how the hell could that be? It's awesome. like the same exact name. But no, it's like a really funny like indie. I feel like it has an element of sketch and stand-up. There were oh, stand-up really? comics and it was really like sharp. People were really good, cutting edge. The sketch stuff was funny. It was a really good show. I recommend it. It was five bucks. It's once at the end of the month. If you see it, check it out. It was very worthwhile. I got to check that out. I would love to see that. It was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Was Macaulay Culkin there? No. I don't know why they call it that. He's not there. (laughs) It's just called the Macaulay Culkin show, but he is not there. And occasionally they will get like secret guests no they get no like, like well, if we hold out long enough only Macaulay Macaulay Culkin, Culkin, yeah he'll do, do an hour-long comedy set <laughs> but you guys know he does dance parties right you can go to the Macaulay Culkin's iPod dance party really where he spins just shuffle he hits shuffle on his iPod basically and you have a dance party Wow. That's a real thing? That's a real thing. And oh, that's also, awesome. I don't know if this is a spoiler. I didn't sign an NDA, though, but he's been on the Jim Gaffigan show, like, a bunch of times, apparently. Oh, wow. Like, they just okay. have him popping up places. Really? Like, they turn around, and there's Macaulay Culkin doing something. Weird. It's amazing how his celebrity has persevered yeah. through, like, 20 years I of mean, darkness. He does a band. He does Come on, guys. I was so excited to Come see him that day. I was like, oh, Macaulay Culkin's Yeah, those movies hold up. He could have. I agree. Yeah, they Every year when it comes out around really? Christmas on TV, really? I'm like, oh, okay. I'll watch it. Oh, he yeah. could have a career. I mean, he could have, like, he could, does he not want to act? I, I feel like he could easily. I mean, he was acting he's on, something. on Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. yeah. And then he does, he does a, he has a, his a band. Velvet Underground cover band, but they change the lyrics about pizza. It's called Pizza Underground. That's yeah. what Macaulay Culkin yeah. does? That's yeah. Isn't it called yeah. Velvet Pizza? He, Come on! Uh, he lives right around here, too. He lives near me? No, I got I, you live near Macaulay I feel like I'd be friends. best friends with I this guy. Was just say he he sounds awesome. Friends. If Haley Joel Osment could have like a pretty decent career at this point, Macaulay yeah. Culkin can. Yeah, yes, definitely. I'd say even more so. Way more so. <laughs> I'm Way sorry, guys. I'm not so. a huge Haley Joel Osment well, fan. Me neither. Well, Sarah. He went downhill after the Sixth Sense. He really did. He uh, peaked early. He, he peaked really early. Did. Can I go to the banal New York questions? Sure. Okay, cool. Uh, so you've lived in New York for seven years. Six now. Six years. Mm-hmm. You lived in this current location, <laughs> which we're going to publish the address of. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we talk about the Papa Smurf mural on the street? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. I have no, I, I have no idea <laughs> what that is. Can you work? Can you uh, say that? Can you I wish I could take work? credit for it. Yeah, uh, it just seemed like, uh, I mean, I hate to say why, because it was just 
Well, there'll the be a picture of the Papa Smurf. Into, but yeah, we'll there's a picture that. of the Papa Smurf uh, graffiti to go up on our page. If anyone guys. wants to know where I live, just look for the Papa Smurf mural <laughs> and then <laughs> knock on no, the doors uh, across the street. Oh, you're really right. easy to stop. No, yeah. it's um, located not Third not floor. on your street, but a couple's many streets <laughs> many, away. Many, guys, many, many, guys, many streets. Guys, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Okay, no, but so where did you live before you lived here? I was on, uh, I was in South Williamsburg. Uh huh. We're in South Williamsburg. South Second Havemeyer, uh huh. Right on that corner, and that was that was really fun. I was, you know, it, it's actually interesting. That block was being gentrified as I moved in. You always think of Williamsburg as completely gentrified, but South Second was known as the Deuce, and it was very Puerto Rican and very Dominican, mm-hmm. and very lively and full of that culture. And mm-hmm. now. Um, has a couple of coffee shops and like a Van Lewin's ice cream or whatever. Urban but Outfitters? Is there an Urban down there? Well, I'm sure soon, you <laughs> know. know. American but Apparel. There we go. American yeah. Apparel. All the yard sales are now those clothes. So, yeah, yeah close enough. <clears throat> but, so you lived there. How long were you there for? Four years. Yeah. And before that, I was in Long Island City. That was the formative home experience because it gave me 20 minutes of stand-up comedy. Right. I moved to this little apartment on the second floor and right outside the window was the courthouse square stop on the seven train. Oh, wow. So like, uh, you know, nice underhand soft toss. I could hit the train and it would come around this corner and like screech and come to a stop. My room was the size of a moon bounce. I just had my bed in it. So it was a moon bounce. It was wow. the size of my queen size mattress. Okay. I hung all the clothes on like a rod over my head. And when the train would come in, it would shake the room and I would like wake up with my clothes all over me because they would fall, they would fall off yeah and i would when i was asleep i would have dreams i remember a specific dream wherein somebody was like i was talking to somebody in my dream and they go sean sean a crowded train is no excuse for an inappropriate touch <laughs> i was like what what are you talking about and they were like it's no excuse for an inappropriate touch and then i would like wake up and hear the end of that announcement wow. and hear the train go off wow. and i was like you go permeating my dreams Yikes. Then we had a rat like infestation. A yeah, it was it was Yikes. it was like a you know real New York horrendous yeah, sure, apartment. Sure. Were you playing at the at the creek in the cave at that point at all? I Were would. Yeah, there? that was like my my workout spot. You know, I would go there a bunch and try and figure it out. I had so many bad like nights there when I first started. I remember one bomb was so awful. I had bombed so hard. I was off stage for a month. Just like wow. taking cold showers and scrubbing my they skin. They didn't want you to come back. No, I was welcome back because they, yeah, they, they, they don't care. They do they not care. care. They know. They, well, yeah. I bombed a lot of improv shows there. I definitely, yeah, I've definitely bombed oh, an improv I don't show know. The we do like these oh. weird 10 minute things. So then we were like, I don't know. Let's just do a montage. And we'd all just like freak out and do awkward scenes and then like try to edit them and be like, let's pretend. Yeah. Pretend this is a callback to something. <laughs> Performers walk into yeah, the creek in the cave. A lot of awkward shows there. Yeah. 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 Not they, in a while though. It can really like smell. I was forbidden to go back in. The shame in people's yeah. performing yeah. souls. For, for more than a month, they forbid like, do me. Do not let Meg back perform. In the club. <laughs> not as a as a guest. I can't even. I can't even be an audience member. You can't be an audience member. <laughs> yep. They won't have you back. Yeah. No. You, they have a restraining order against you. <laughs> yeah, basically because of a bad, because of bad improv. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a wall yeah. of pictures of people who can't come in. They're Instead like, of famous uh, people. Yes. It's that, people it, that no, that it's a signed headshot. <laughs> My face right. would definitely be on there. <laughs> signed headshot, yeah. That to place you. is funny like such a formative, uh, like, workout area for comedians now. Everybody yeah. is doing comedy there. Yeah. It's really built itself up. 
I had a lovely a lovely night where we had a terrible show there, and then I was walking back across the bridge there. Yeah. Uh, what's that bridge? Monsignor McGorlick Bridge. We all yeah, know this. The bridge Verizano. that connects Greenpoint. No. no. Why did I say that? <laughs> That's the one that goes to Staten Island. Very That's close. the one that goes Damn it. to no, Staten it's, Island. Damn it. No, it's. Is this going to kill I me? Know what you mean. Yeah, they, um, it goes across to McGinnis Boulevard. Yeah, yeah. I know it doesn't Do matter. You want me to Google this? Guys, if we don't get this, please comment on our Facebook while the name oh, of the bridge. Too far away. Oh. I was walking across the bridge right. with my bridge. friend Pete, who came to my comedy show because he's a good friend and lived in the neighborhood. And we, as we were cresting the bridge, we could see deep into Greenpoint to like uh, whatever the D Street is, because you know the streets in Greenpoint go alphabetical up at the top. And over on that far D Street, where now there is a men's homeless shelter, there was a car, gloriously engulfed in flames, just like burning with no one around, like wow. burning and burning. Wow. And we looked at each other. It was like, wow, we really live in New York, huh? That's that's the true New York that experience. Is a car on fire abandoned how, how long ago was that that must have been a while ago because i mean that area is so nice yeah yeah right? uh yeah it wasn't originally it was probably like six years ago okay. yeah. yeah yeah sure that makes sense yeah, yeah. six years ago it was, six before years. The, it was rougher like, it was rougher yeah. now, i mean now there's a men's homeless shelter there so you got to think of how rough it must have been before they would the not even send homeless there. people there it was too dangerous yeah that was, was when they dangerous. burned cars there yeah but six years of transformation is in New York is two decades anywhere else. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Right. Everything is, you're right. You get, you get priced out everywhere. Pulaski. Basically. Everywhere. Pulaski, Pulaski Bridge. The Pulaski yeah. Bridge. Good yeah. job. Wow. Oh, thank Perfect. God. Yeah. Yeah, thank right. God. Good. Let's see. Get, getting back to some acting that. stuff, I wonder, yeah, you had uh, a role on uh, Happy-ish. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little about that? You played Mikhail. Yeah, it's spelled funny, but it's actually just Michael. And that's sort of, it's telling of the writer's <laughs> sensibility. Because I actually walked Wait, into the reading and I was like, like I'm playing. Russian name. Yeah, like, I, I was saying like... Mikhail, M-I-K-A-L. Yeah. And I went into oh. the reading for my character. You know, you're obviously nervous with like all the a- other actors there and the producers there. And I was like, yeah, I'm Mikhail. They're like, they're like, who are no. you playing? Did you prepare? I didn't an know. I would have never <laughs> Did you known. Prepare a wonderful accent to go. With? A Russian no, accent. No, I. <laughs> I am Mikhail. Hello. I didn't know. Hello, I, I had. I had no idea that it was so like. I I could, didn't know because I never say my own character's name. Nobody else yeah. says my character's name, yeah. and it's spelled that way. So I just. Yeah. Anyway, went into the spell. reading not knowing the name of my own character. Wow. Which was embarrassing. Like, do you want the accent or you don't want the accent? No accent? <laughs> okay. They're like, no no Russian accent? Okay. I have that prepared as well. <laughs> Can you imagine being the casting the director for that? It. Somebody comes in and they're like, um, so do you want a heavy accent for this or not? And you're like, for Michael? Uh, yeah, no, just, I don't just think play so. It, play it how you see well, it. Well, the spelling Actually, is like the... the Russian spelling of it. It's like like Mikhail Gorbachev or something. I, I don't know I if yeah maybe maybe yeah, I don't. Crazy. There's something the writer is so specific and he knows exactly what he wants. Okay. And I feel like he it was you know if you knew him when I knew him it made it made sense to me, and he's a brilliant guy. That okay. that show was canceled. Uh, it's not coming back unfortunately that, unfortunately, yeah. um, but. You know, it's a testament to the show that it's like it really tries to push boundaries and do some new things on television. And obviously it has varying degrees of success in doing those things. But um, I really immensely respect the people who who made it because of the risk that they were willing to take to make something different. So. Sure. And that was here, or yeah, that, here. that was here? here? Here, yeah. We shot one episode in LA, but the rest yeah. of it was was here, and, and most of it's Steiner. Originally supposed to be Philip 
Seymour Hoffman. It was. Yeah. In fact, they shot a full pilot with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, of course, after the tragedy, mm-hmm. hard to bounce back a whole show from that. But they believed so firmly in that show. Yeah. And the writing was so interesting. Steve Coogan was, like, really willing to hop on board, apparently. And your role in the show was reoccurring. You, you were not a – were you a cast member? On no, that? I was recurring. I was in seven episodes of ten. Okay. And Michael just sort of, like, hangs out and says some snarky things in most episodes. Every once in a while, he's, like – he's an ad uh, – in the ad world, and he's, like, a disgruntled copywriter. And every once in a while, he's pitching something that he – uh, definitely doesn't believe in in a, like a snarky way. Okay. Uh, so he's kind of like a hipster. Sure. Different flavor of douche. I'm always. <laughs> I'm always. Your typecast douche type. Are you I have a douche face. Your collar? Douche face. <laughs> Is that... Well, no, but Lex probably would pop his collar. Michael was more of like a wearing velvet underground T-shirts and like shitty necklaces, kind of like I don't care douche. You know. Okay. Yeah. Have you uh, been? Has your agent sent you out to L.A. to test for any other pilots or shows or anything else you can talk about? Well, at the moment, there's it's back to auditioning. You know, okay. it's Happyish was uh, canceled and yeah. Odd Mom Out will hear in the next week. And fingers crossed, fingers crossed we get that. to everybody, yes. please. Fingers yeah. crossed. That's fingers crossed. Of everyone then, crossing yeah, their fingers. Them. Yeah, that is the yeah. sound of fingers <laughs> crossing. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll see. I've had, you know, a nice little run of auditions, but you just you just don't know. So yeah, yeah. it's fun to like jump in, you get some work and you think that it all keeps rolling and then you kind of realize that could have been it, you know? And that's the world. And that's the world. And that's it's really unpredictable. Do you know yeah. what you'd do if that was it? Um This is too much of a downer question. No, not <laughs> at, not at all because I don't think that the point is to, I, I like, ah, uh, this may sound counterintuitive, but I'm really trying to divest myself from the idea that the point is to gain further notoriety and to build myself uh, as a, um, you know, an acting brand, you mm-hmm. know, because I think acting is a trap. It's like doing drugs wherein you get that one thing and you get a high, you get a rush from it and it makes you so happy and it's really exciting. And then if you don't get that again, and if you don't do something more interesting than that, if you just level out there, that no longer becomes all that interesting to you. And you have to keep going further and further. And you feed off of this sense that you, you're important in the acting world or that you're recognized or that people think that you're somebody. And that's, uh, that's a trap. And it's easy to say that, like, it's easy to say that having done a little bit of work because I've been extremely happy and proud of it. Um, but I know that that path doesn't necessarily make me the happiest. And if I can just enjoy the work that I'm doing and really try to spend whatever minimal talents I have in doing something good for the world, hopefully through Represent Us and and some of the other nonprofits we're doing videos for, then I'm really happy. Then I can really, really be happy. And that's, um, it's a little bit of a pipe dream because I know I'm going to want more in the acting world. But it's a matter of like, kind of controlling that and observing that interesting urge of mine to gain more notoriety and to be a bigger and better actor because i i think even though that i want that and you know i very expressly want that it's not going to make me all that happy so uh i don't know did that answer the question sure yeah okay all right oh follow-up though do you because you obviously if you're doing stand-up do you focus on writing at all like writing your own stuff yeah so 
yeah scripted yeah. <laughs> scripted as and they call it on bravo <laughs> that thank god sketches i've written a lot of reality and it hasn't gone it's not all that interesting it's so hard the uh all the stuff i do with my brother um i'm heavy heavily involved in the writing and then the next step would be for me if i could uh create um a show or make a film myself and that's obviously requires a whole lot more than what i'm capable of at the moment but that's a dream for sure, a that's a dream. Yeah, yeah, about something that matters to me and something I think awesome. the world needs to hear about, sure. and that's, cool. that's a dream. Well, yeah. if it comes to it, I know a lot of crew people, some DPs, some camera people, some Hell, sound people, yeah. people with lighting packages. Okay, most importantly, they're willing to work for free. That's great. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank yeah. God, because uh, we have no money. This has been really, uh, really fun. You know talking catching up first first <laughs> guest i'm guest. i'm honored yes, first guest i peed here first nobody else yes can be can a guest on this show and uh, and pee here nobody else can. you know we're not gonna bring that many other people over to pee at your apartment oh right we did shoot this in my apartment yes. Shoot, which is across yeah, the street from the papa smurf place we're not going to come back here to record other people at your apartment I thought that was part no of they can't so long email. as they don't piss that's why oh, i said oh, that okay okay yeah that's uh, fine cool. my door is over you have a copy of my key across Ooh, from the yeah, smurf perfect. place exact address and here's my social security number. <laughs> the key is hidden under the <laughs> under third the leaf right the, under the mat the third under, leaf that's actually big enough that people might not find it Cool. Yeah, well, you know, you have that one mannequin out there just like Adam, one just like Eve, and one just like a pterodactyl. <laughs> pterodactyl. A pterodactyl. A pterodactyl. A pterodactyl. It's not a silent piece. We should make a, a Zombities versus Pterodactyl movie. That would be a yes, sci-fi original movie. That's pretty good. Yeah. Zombie versus Pterodactyl. Versus Pterodactyl. Amazing pit. One final follow-up question. Have you yes. met Andy Cohen? Have you been on? Or have you been on? No, no, I have not. I am but hoping to be the close bartender. That, close that door. Uh, I please, no. I would love open. to do that. Yeah. I'm sure, though, probably, you know, next season, boom, they'll have the whole cast on his show or a couple cast. I would freaking great. love that. that Andy Cohen's the man. Guys, thanks so much for listening to High Energy Listening. Yes. I'm Sarah Ruth Blake. Max Gallen. And I am Eric Risk. I'm Sean Clyer. Yes. So tune in next time, and we will have another special guest which will be determined. Well, or it could be Sean again. Maybe just keep coming maybe, back. Maybe, maybe I'm just a part of the podcast <laughs> and you never wanted me to be a guest in the call. first place. Yeah. It was decided that we weren't going to have guests before. It could yeah. be decided again. By the way, guys, if Macaulay <laughs> Culkin is listening oh, and, and you want to uh, drop by, could Macaulay come over to your apartment and hang Macaulay, out? Macaulay, look for the Smurfs. I'm right across the street. Look for the Smurfs and you can be a guest on the podcast. Macaulay, think about changing your... Our host. Think about changing your band to <laughs> Pizza Underground. No, I'm sorry, Velvet Pizza. Velvet, Velvet Pizza. It's Pizza Underground. It's Pizza though. Underground, but yeah. I feel like Velvet, Velvet Pizza, pizza. just pizza. rolls off the tongue Ooh, better. Velvet That's pizza. a better ring to yeah. Velvet Pizza. Like it does. It does, yeah. yeah. Pizza like Underground. I like Underground Pizza. Uh, oh, just I kind of liked Velvet Pizza. All right. Until <laughs> next time. Signing off. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you.